This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Let's talk about the next generation of fantasy football at FanDuel. You select a team of Premier League players for a single day's fixtures. That means you're not locked in for the whole season. You can play, watch and win in one day. When your players nail it on the pitch, you rack up points and jump up the real money leaderboard. FanDuel's scoring system uses Opta stats to reflect every player's true on-field contribution. So, outscore your opponents and win cash for your football expertise. Every Premier League match day with FanDuel and just for Homestale radio listeners we've got an extra special offer right now when you sign up use the promo code PALACE that means if you don't make money in your first contest FanDuel will refund your entry fee up to £10 so go to FanDuel.co.uk and use the promo code PALACE to grab the offer now what are you waiting for? terms apply over 18s only please play responsibly Thank you for downloading the Homestar Radio podcast. Uh, so, obviously, uh, hopefully, you'll be enjoying the show that you've uh, that you've downloaded. I'm sure you will. It was a cracker this week. Uh, usually, every week we have um, Nick's joke of the week. We also have a question from Nick's son, Will, um, but we'll be doing that in the outro this week. So, hang on after the show has ended for that one. So, but uh, we we don't have Nick's joke of the week. We're sort of slightly disorganised. If I'm being completely honest with you, so we're going to go with. A joke from Slackbot. Um, so this guy with a premature ejaculation problem comes out of nowhere. <laughs> just, just see, because it's like he. It's an inappropriate joke for a. a computer it is. What is that? But there you go. That's the joke <laughs> of the week. It is better than any joke Nick would have told. But hopefully that feature, the actual Nick joke, will be back uh, next week for you. But yeah, he, he had to rush off. He's got kid problems and all this kind of stuff and all that. Yeah. Oh no! It was a was it cuddle up with the missus? I think it was. Yes, no, that's was. correct. And you know, at his age, you've got to take every opportunity, haven't you? Yes, I can vouch for that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, enjoy the show and stick with us afterwards for Will's question. Homesdale Radio, sponsored by FanDuel.co.uk, the next generation of fantasy football. Our review just to introduce you to my team tonight. We have Mr. Dr. Kernaz. Hello. Hello. Second second time on the show, Dr. Confident now, right? 
Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> good, good start, mate. We also have Patrick O'Connor. Afternoon. Good, good afternoon, Patrick, over there in a in the good old US of A. Indeed. So, um, looking forward to hearing your pearls of wisdom today. And there's a late call up as a replacement for an injured Joe Holyoke. He pulled a hammy um, earlier on today. It's Mr. Nick Gillard. Yes, yeah, so I had to run home and get me shin pads for this. <laughs> well, thank God you could. <laughs> uh, you'll also be man in the chat room, won't you, Nick? Yes. I will. <laughs> yes. Yes. Wholeradio.net forward slash chat. And it'll ask you if you want to go via your mobile or whether you're on a desktop or laptop. So make sure you choose the right one. Otherwise, you'll end up like Joe last week and saying you, Jesse, 64.13.158.25 slash P chat slash and so on and so forth. Yeah. If you could um, answer all of my questions with a yes or no today, that'd be really helpful. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, before we get going, just a little reminder about the Football Blogging Awards. I got it wrong earlier in the week. I thought it was the last day uh, earlier in the week, but it's, it's certainly the last week of being able to vote in the Football Blogging Awards. be really appreciative if you do that. If, uh, if you go to holradio.net forward slash FBA, you can find out how to vote for us. Uh, if you think we're worthy of it, in which, of course, we absolutely are, as this slick introduction to the show would have pointed out. It's... <laughs> Honestly, just, just get voting. And uh, we can't wait to go and have a massive piss up in Manchester as a direct result of that, because we deserve it, right? Yeah. Yes, we do. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Thanks, Nick. Yes, definitely. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. You possibly won't make it over, will you, Patrick? But we'll worry about that if it happens. Exactly. <laughs> okay, let's. Uh, so before we get um, into our views, we also had uh, um, Kev Roberts on a little bit earlier on today as uh, our regular little feature leading us into our review of the match where a fan gets in touch with the show, gives us, gives us their views as well. So right now, let's hear from Kev Roberts. So obviously it was a, a fantastic. Oh no, I should probably give you an introduction. Don't keep this in, Tom. <laughs> Gold. <laughs> so we are joined by Palace fan Kev Roberts. Kev, all the way over there in Cape Town. Evening, Chris. Yeah, I'm great, mate. I'm yeah. good. How is Cape Town right now? Uh, very nice, mate. The spring, the spring has sprung. The weather's really nice. We have a lovely. Hay- uh, 28 degrees today. It's been a very beautiful day. Well, I mean, a bit too hot for me, though, you know, so I'm glad I live in Crawley. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, obviously a fantastic win. Um, you, you'd have seen the game, I'm sure, and um, feared the worst, perhaps, like the rest of us when we went 2-0 down after playing pretty well, I think that's fair to say. So I think we'll start there, shall we? We were doing all right, weren't we? Um, a bit unfortunate to be 2-0 down when we, when we were. Total agreement, mate. I think we were do- we were doing all right. We were kind of we were bossing the game. It was quite technical the game, I thought, uh, or tactical tactical rather, should I say, in the first sort of half an hour. Um, so unlucky to go to one nil down. I mean, I felt so sorry for Joe Led because he's normally one of our stalwarts, and it was momentary lapse of reason. You could just see it as soon as he kicked that ball. You just saw from his reaction that he knew what he'd done. Um, Second goal, we were a little bit all over the place. We shouldn't, have, you know, Defoe had no one on him at all. Unfortunately, I think we may, could be accused of ball watching a little bit. But what a comeback! What a comeback! It really was, and there's nothing quite like a last-minute goal, is there? Oh, mate! And I'll tell you what, you know, I've seen seen a few things on Twitter and what have you, and just showing um, Chungi's Chungi's one touch of the whole game, and there it was—a superb cross <laughs> straight on Christian's head. 
what, yeah. what can you say? Well, here's Jackie Fryers, yes, Jackie Fryers with, with another quality ball straight on Jimmy Matt's head. You can't argue with that. You can, you know, tactical genius of Alan Pardew. You could argue, can you? No. Obviously, he's, he's got he's got lucky there because obviously Zeki's first. Well, Zeki said in the in the post match interview, his instruction was uh, obviously to you know to to run at the defender and get the get a ball in the box. So obviously, fresh in his mind, it's the first thing he did. And you think yes. Jungy's substitutions really just to sort of use up time, and it just ends up we get that that clumsy foul on Wickham in the corner and. They just decided not to mark Benteke, which is insane. Yeah, quite bizarre that was. Yeah, because as you say, I think the Chungy thing was a, was a time time waster. And Pards must have been thinking, we've done well to get back here from 2-0 down. Let's just take a point away from up here. Stick Chungy on time wasting. And then, yeah, they just totally switched off to under them. I mean, obviously, you know, that's kind of why they, uh, why they, uh, why they are where they are in the table sort of thing. But... Fantastic header. I mean, you can't leave someone like that unmarked. That was like us leaving Defoe unmarked for the second goal. You just well, can't yeah. afford to do that with those players. And, exactly. you know, it's, to me, I mean, he's a much better player, obviously, but it's kind of, I just said on the TV, funny enough, it's just like now, we're back to the old school again where we've got a big man in the middle and two wingers running down, sticking into the big man, which is how we got into the Premier League this time round anyway with Glenn Murray and Wilkham and, and Yannick. So, it's, it's interesting, I'm, I'm, well, I'm going to bring this point up in, in the show, to sort of, but I'll get your opinion on it as well. Um, say in the show, this is in the show, I haven't quite mastered the art of talking about recordings yet. <laughs> um, but <laughs> but um, when you talk about two wingers, and obviously one of those yesterday was effectively Jason Punchin. Um, although he did do a fair amount of drifting around the pitch, there was a lot of interchange of positions, which was interesting to see. But, but you know, we've criticised Punch as a winger before and said he does tend to turn inside and slow the game down. But I'm so, I, I think that that becomes completely irrelevant in, in the fact that we're no longer this counter-attacking team that we were. We did see some counter-attacking and some direct play, but Punch looks a lot more settled in a team that set up the way that Alan Pardew wants us to play, wouldn't you say? I couldn't agree with you more, mate. I think he's on fire at the moment, the last two games especially. And you know what? With this change of this, no, no, Joe will love this, with this transition that we're going through, this new style of football that we're playing, where we are working it out from the back and trying to cut away from, trying to stop this long ball, hoof ball, um, it's suiting punch. I noticed punch last, in the game last week um, against Stoke. There was a couple of times when he picked up the ball. In, 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 in our in our final in our third of the pitch, you know, just outside our area kind of thing. And he looked up and there was no one there close by him to, to you know to play the little little passes here and backwards and forth. But he wasn't prepared to hoop it. He kept hold of it and he was calling players to come to him. So yeah. let's keep it on the floor, let's work this out from the back. And I just thought I don't know if you've seen any stats, but at the moment he's the um, what was it I read today? He's the got the most assists. Highest chance creation in the Premier League. I think Highest chance creation, that's it, out of everyone. And we're talking about, you know, your De Bruyne's, your Pogba's, and all yeah. the rest of it. Okay, it's not the finished product every time, but you still can't knock those stats. The boys top of the league at that at the moment. No, and the thing uh, is, even in, in supposed poor form last year, he was still doing that for us most games, creating something. You know, even yes. if he was missing for a lot of the game and out of form, which it's fair to say he was at times, but, but he's yeah. always 
got that that knack of creating a chance. Okay, last last bit for you, mate. Um, yeah. and I, know, I ask this of you, knowing that actually you're someone who's who's not really ever doubted Pardew. I know some of the panel will be talking shortly about um, about their views on the manager. But three wins on the bounce seems to have changed a lot of people's mind. Do you kind of feel vindicated for backing him, or is this yet again Pardew being this streaky manager who loses a bunch and then wins a bunch and then loses a bunch? Yeah, do you know what? <laughs> I think pa- Pardew fit, fits the bill for a Palace manager so well because he's just... He, he, do you know what? He's the driver of the roller coaster, isn't he? At the end of the day. <laughs> if I say you can look at it, we, we all know what a roller coaster is supporting our club. And I think he's just the driver of it at the minute. And, um, I, 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 yeah, I suppose I do feel vindicated because I, you know, I've always backed him and I always will back him, I think, even when we did go through the rough patches. Um, I like the signings he's made. I think because now we've got some, you know, we've had the money to make those signings, and we've we've gone bold, we've gone big, and we've gone bold, um, which you've got to do, you've got to do to stay in this league. And I'm glad, and I think he's got Paris's backing as well as the other guys. You know, it's not only all about Paris; we always speak about Paris. Because, you know, other people involved as well. But um, I still think he's, he's a good man for us, Arjun. Um, um, you know, there is a lot of lots to be said about the way what he does with teams. It goes up and goes down, but as I say, you know, it's part of the Palace roller coaster, really, isn't it? So. Absolutely, Kev, that was spectacular, mate. We'll uh, we'll get on to talking about all the points that you've raised there in a bit more detail now. But thank you very much for your time, mate, and all the best. Sure, we'll speak to you soon. Thank you. Cheers, guys. Speak to you soon. Yeah. Every picture tells a story. Keep up to date with ours on Instagram at Homestale Radio. Big thanks to Kev for getting in touch the other way from Cape Town. Uh, he's become something of a, of a media whore at the moment. <laughs> I see him on everything. But unfortunately, it's usually because I'm on everything as well at the moment. So uh, self-criticism as well there. But uh, yeah, plenty's, plenty's brought up there and plenty for us to get our teeth into. And I know we'll be talking a lot about, certainly about uh, a punch and later on, we'll be talking about the manager um, and how we're feeling about him because there's a variety of opinions on the panel. Um, I'm sure you have your opinions at home as well. I uh, just want to give a quick shout out to Paul Horstead, who got in touch by email with a lovely comment earlier on. Um, he's not asked us a question or anything, but he's been nice. So I thought I'd give him a quick shout out, uh, listening to us in Spain. Um, obviously, got loads of international listeners, which is great. Absolutely love that. Um, so, but, but we, you know, obviously, Joe couldn't make it today. But um, I think it's really important that we get... Um, we get an opinion in from Joe, and he's he's just he's broken away from uh, from what he's been up to just to give us a, a bit of an insight into the game. So we're going to start talking about um about sort of the bad luck we've had with injuries. So um Joe, what what do you think um what do you think the issue is with the injuries? How good is Punch? Well, didn't really ask you a question about Punch, but no, that's fine. That's fine. Joe, Joe wanted to stress that uh, that punching is brilliant, and I want everyone to remember that that was Joe Holyoke talking about how good Jason Punchin was. If you're a new listener, you might, might not understand why I've stitched gel up for doing that, but that is just <laughs> that's something I did for me, for, for me only, and I make no apologies for it. <laughs> anyway, but that question is a real question, gentlemen, because um, I like to start the, the review. I want to get always want to get the slight gripes out of the way and the sort of a little bit of negativity out of the way. So uh, the lineup was, you know, it was what it was. Johan Goodbye came in for, for Wilfred Zaha, who was a late injury um, a dropout, if you like, and uh, obviously Scott Dan was injured during the week in the in the cup clash against Southampton, and things were looking um, a bit thin. And there was, some, you know, certainly in our chat before the game, we had a little bit of negativity about the selection. But but Patrick, you know, couldn't really do anything else there, could we? No, Chris. Um, 
I uh, we had spoken earlier, and I knew that Goodbye would get in the lineup somehow. I thought last week would be for Ledley, but with Wolf being injured, it made sense for Goodbye to come in. My only concern when I saw the lineup was seeing one was seeing punching out wider. You know, I prefer him inside, and also I was a little worried about the relationship between. Delaney and Tompkins, and it was a little ropey in the first half. But overall, honestly, you really couldn't put out a, a better lineup considering, you know, what did the injuries. Yeah, I, I think that I think that's fair. But um, obviously, it was it was interesting to see that, you know, the squad sort of kind of does look a bit thin. Dr, is that something that um, you know that that worried you before we kicked off? Um, yeah, because on uh, Wednesday night when we played against Southampton. Uh, when Dan got injured, especially as you know, we hardly have any um, defensive options. Um, it was quite um, scary uh, for to go to Sunderland and have a player like Defoe running out of defence without Dan. So, yeah, I think our squad is quite thin. You can see playing punch and wide was was not. Uh, I didn't. I didn't think it would work, but you know, it did work. But yeah, I think I, we need to strengthen our squad. We'll definitely talk about punch out wide in a bit because I know you and Patrick have got some uh, discussion to have on that. But um, obviously, you know, young Ben Winter was on the bench as well. As you as you point out, we're like we're literally down to to the bare bones. Where you know a player who's not even been involved in the in the first team squad before actually finds himself on on the bench. But um, I've you know I felt we I felt we certainly did miss um, Dan's organisation at the back. Do you feel that way, Nick? We did, but we have to play with what we've got, don't we? It was interesting, I thought, we were talking about Wilf not being there. I think somebody had seen him at uh, some gym in Beckenham Saturday morning, and um, yeah. it was good of Pardew not to mention it in the press conference, which is why it took us by surprise, I suppose. If he'd have mentioned it, it would have sort of given Sunderland a little bit of a boost. But Punch has played out wide before. Um, Tompkins is a very good centre-back. It, yeah, yeah. It's just a case of bedding in with Delaney, but as we've said before, since Delaney was dropped for a whole match, well, was it was it half a match he was out for? Um, he's actually come back a lot better and a lot more determined. Uh, there was one point Delaney looked like he was going to do a diagonal ball, but he passed it back to Steve, which made me giggle a bit because it was really, really looked like he wanted to play that ball. But no, the, the starting lineup is what it is. We were lucky we were playing such a pants team, really. If we were playing anybody else, I'd have been a, a lot more worried. But fortunately, it was only Sunderland, oh. so we, we kind of got away with it. Well, we, let's not forget. And there was a degree of criticism. Um, some people were quite critical of the fact that we hadn't strengthened the defence more. But, you know, we've only got a 25-man squad. So I, I found it a bit difficult to sort of take that criticism. If we get another centre back in, then, you know, we, we leave ourselves perhaps a bit short in other areas. But we've, um, we've, got, a cent- we've got a 25-man squad that's got much and Sacco in it. Well, well, yeah, but again, those if we're talking about positions, we're talking about defenders. I mean, I don't really know who, we, who else we can fit in. Patrick? Yeah, Chris, you're right. We couldn't, but this is my thing. I've been banging on about it quite a bit, is the reason. Why would you send out uh, players yeah. like Kai Kai and Boateng when they when they can be on the squad and not be part of 25? Uh, you know, we had Winter on the bench yesterday. You know, good idea. Why don't we just play him? If he, if he can be on the bench, why don't we just play him on the Wednesday? So I just have a problem with some decisions. I get we couldn't strengthen the squad the way we wanted to, but we do have kids that people always say, well, get them out and let them play. But honestly, again, like Southampton, Sunderland and injuries, we should have players like that on our bench yeah, or no, at I, least in the background. I guarantee you those players would still be here if you could still use the loan window the way you could before. Yes, I agree. You know, we, we, uh, you know I, have, I, have, I have sympathy there with, with the manager. Dear. 
Um, I agree with Patrick in a way, but I disagree because having them players here, imagine that we had no injuries. They will be wasting their chances to go out and play some football. So I think Padre done the right choice because who would have knew that Dan would have been injured at Southampton? Who would have knew that Wilf wouldn't be at this game? So I think Padre did do the right choice and by sending them out on loan because in the future, when we do actually need them, they'll be ready instead of now when you put them in. And if they play bad, then they'll get criticised. So... I think Padre did do the right choice. Well, uh, what about what about actually playing, say, playing Scott Dan against Southampton? Because he got criticism for that. Um, well, should should he should he have actually picked Scott Dan in the week? Do you think? Yeah. Well, yeah, because Tompkins uh, wasn't fit enough, so who else could we play? And that's going back to the squad. It's not uh, strengthened enough in defence, and we have to um, look at that in January transfer window because it's not good enough. Yeah, Kev, Kev got in touch with us um, again, saying that uh, you know it's, we do need extra muscle at the back, and, he, and he's sure it's going to happen in January, like like you were saying. But you know, I, again, you know, and uh, going back to another uh, tweet we got in from Simon Pizzi, he said no need to be concerned because we've got Zeki Fryers, aka Roberto Carlos, <laughs> which I enjoyed. <laughs> but, um, but again, I suppose, I suppose before literally before he's put that cross in, everyone would have said, well, you know take Zeki out of the out of the 25 and put in a, a new siding in the defence and that that's that's just your switch but you know you can look at it another way and say what you know the way we've behaved in the transfer market and the players we brought in you know that's given Zeki Fryers who's a player we paid a decent amount of money for it's actually uh, put him in a position where he can start playing and, and earning that money and you know being a, a Crystal Palace player for the first time in a couple of years so it's interesting how things work out sometimes Nick you got some stuff in the chat yeah, wholeradio.net forward slash chat. Um, we have some stuff about youngsters, really. Uh, Booted Eagle said it's notable that Southampton had four youngsters in their team, one of who scored. Yeah. And um, guest, don't know who you are, sorry. Uh, Botan can't even get a game for Bristol Rovers, so to have kept him, would he be good enough? And Coach Matt thinks that Pards feels it's too risky to get the kids on. It's certainly there's an indication of that. Um, he's, you know, he, he does seem to feel it's a risk. The thing about boating is it was a strong suggestion in the um, in the media that uh, that we were looking to move him on um, permanently rather than just loan him out. So and he's he's not getting the squad at Bristol Rovers. So you know maybe the the, the future's not going to see a, a you know high run boating breakthrough into the into the Palace first team, which would be a shame because when he has played first team football for us, he has he's looked never looked out of place really, Patrick. Yeah. Fair enough, Chris. Um, for me, Padu's never had a history of playing youngsters. So if you're not going to play them, then don't make comments like he made about Kai Kai and Boateng and even about um, the youngster, the midfielder, Drea, and then not play them. Then, like, I'm fine. If you're not going to play them, don't play them. But don't, don't say you're going to play them or say they have big things ahead and you're going to like, you know, and then don't play them. That's frustrating to me. That was what really bothers me. If you're not going to play them, I get it. But then don't act like you're going to play them and then not ever even care about them. Yeah, I can see the point you're making, definitely. But at the same time, it's. It is a difficult one because it's such a high pressure environment. Agreed. Um, and, and you and you know, I do, I do, I have a strong feeling that, that the young players have got to, um, you know, have got to be given a chance before you know how good they can be. And Drea's one. Drea, I'd love to see play a bit of football for us, you know, in, in the right. first team this year, because where someone like Kai Kai has developed over a period of time, he's just, you know, I mean, he's, he's. He was a certain type of player. You know, I mean, he was a, it was a well thought of wide right. player for us, you know. And then he's just, I think he's got his first loan and he went out and he just kicked on brilliantly. 
it just something clicked with him when he went out. Um, I think it was a Shrewsbury first of all. I forget, but he, something clicked with him, and he was scoring goals, and he was having a real impact, and he's really making the best of his, his brilliant dead ball delivery. You know, he's got a great, great delivery, and it, all of these things sort of came together for him. And over a period of time, so he's gone that he's gone that League Two, League One, now Championship route, where he's doing really well for Brentford, and I think that's that's good for him. That works for him. But for other players, someone like Klein, for example, who was thrown right. out the deep end and just immediately he was there. When we saw Drea play against Valencia, you know, do you remember? I'm sure you remember that he he came off the bench and he was instantly up to the speed of the game. And he, you know, he picked out the pass for for Keshi yeah. to right. score. It was right. it was a beauty. It wasn't. It was. It, it didn't think. It was just instant. It was just instinct to just put that ball exactly where it needed to be and I'm really excited about him as a, as a talent and I don't think and I can tell I can tell the management are as well because he's he's finding himself on the bench he's finding himself training with the first team and he's what 17 I think if that, that right, I think he's right. only just about 17 so I think he's I think we've just got to be aware that we've got you know we've got we've, we're up another level now and we, it's got you've got to be really, really good now to get in this team. And there's actually nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with having a having to set the bar a bit higher. It just means we've got a bit of catching up to do off the field, where we've got to get our facilities up to the right standard. We've got to get our coaching up to the right standard to actually really start producing elite players. Because it's been a bit of bit of potluck here and there. I think um, I've got that's got away from me. I went on a slight bit of a rant there, and we've had loads of people wanting to talk and loads of contact <laughs> yeah. on that. Um, go on, I'll start with you, Nick. Yeah, in the chat room, somebody said, um, can we bring back our players on loan that are on loan in January? The, yes, the underage yeah. ones, we can do. There you are, that's your answer. I can't see who that is in the chat it room. De- but yeah. It depends, Nick. There's going to be a full agreement, isn't there? From right, exactly right. It's got... mm. I'm sure they would have put, certainly for Kaiko, I'm sure they would have put some degree of a clause in there that if we need, and I'm pretty sure Pardew has said as much that oh, I hope know, he comes back. We need him in January. He's, you know, what I mean, he, we were, you know, you think Wilf being out. I mean, okay, when we went brilliantly in the end, we beat Sunderland, but you think Wilf <laughs> being out, that's perfect for him, isn't it? We, you know, there's no for Lassie there. That exactly. would have been absolutely ideal. Yeah. yeah. But he doesn't want to hang about, does he? No, I guess not. I guess not. But I'm, that, look, I'm, glad, I'm glad he's getting games. I really yeah. am. But that's the problem we've said before about not having a reserve league is there's so many players out that we can't develop. Uh, in the chat room again, holradio.net forward slash chat, who was actually the last person to come through development through the youth system and actually bed themselves in the team? That is a good question. Klein and Zaha, according to King well, B. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually bed themselves in and be, you know, be regulars, yeah. We've had a, you know, a fair few make, make appearances in... You know various cups and that you've had obviously been on Williams played in the in the league cup a bit, um, and then Johnny after them obviously. Yeah, yeah. and obviously more. You know, Kai Kai's played first team. Jake Gray's played first team before he got uh, right. sold to Luton. You know, it's it's yeah. They, you know, we've brought people through, but again, like I say, because of where we we are heading as a club, you know, it's it's a really tough ask now for these players. They've got to be. You know, I hate, I hate to overuse the word. They've got to be elite players. Um, but at the same time, we've got to, we've got to produce them. There's a lot of emphasis on Palace to actually do the right things off the field as well to give to give these players the proper chance to get there. We've we've got a wide catchment area, but the problem is with football now is players are being picked up at seven, eight, nine years of age. It's it's ridiculous. I I, I genuinely think that um, well, not only should there there be a, a minimum amount of England players 
uh, or English players in a in a Premier League first eleven or or starting sixteen or whatever it is now, but actually an amount of local players as well. Yeah, Dio, you got a mate who's in a, an academy, haven't you? Yeah, he's in academy. Uh, he plays for Norwich, and it's my age. And uh, I think he had a chance to come to Palace, but at the end, he does decide to go to Norwich, which I can understand because with Palace, like Kai Kai is a decent player, but even though uh, Wilf wasn't there yesterday, I, I actually don't know if Pardew would have still put Kai Kai in the team because I've, he just likes a big place like Kabai. And You're I always. Right. Always Kabai, uh, whenever Kabai played behind the striker, it never worked. And he keeps doing the same thing and it's never going to work. So I don't think Pardew actually has the guts to actually put Kai Kai in a game like like this. And that's why I don't I don't think, um, you know, Kai Kai would have done anything. I think he would have been on the bench. Strong words from Dr. Kernas there. Um, tell him, DR, we'll, tell him, mate. We'll be coming back. I want to talk to all of you on the panel about uh, Johan Kabai. Because um, judging by our chat yesterday, I'm the only one who has a certain opinion. <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> excuse me, we'll come back to that in just a moment. I want to round up a bit of the contact we've got. Um, some supporting from you from John Nightingale, Patrick, um, agreeing with yourself. Why suggest youngsters will get a go? If you're just going to sell or loan them, he should play them. Um, love John, love John. <laughs> I thought you might, yeah. <laughs> um, lots of people joking about the only man to answer, answer questions about punching is Joe the caddy. So, sorry, that's Joe's Twitter name. Um, I'm sure he might have another thing to say about punching later on. We'll get to it later. Um, so uh, John has also put in um, a, a question about what we have to wonder about our medical staff. We seem to get far too many hamstring injuries. And that was actually where I was meant to start our question earlier about, you know, is it bad luck or, or Patrick, you know, a fair bit about coaching and, and that kind of stuff. So, you know, is could it potentially be something wrong either with our coaching, with our facilities or, you know, with the medical team potentially, although Dr. Zaff, it's got a very good reputation and seems to be very well liked at the club. Um, is, could there be something wrong with the club that's causing these injuries? I think so, Chris. And I'll say I say that, you know, not knowing what we do from day to day because a lot of injuries are muscle related and those are usually very avoidable. It's the breaks that, you know, you can't, obviously you can't, uh, you don't know when that's going to happen. But I, I find a lot of the injuries we have, a lot of them, look at, look at Sacco. Sacco's had the same injury I think he got here. You know, it's, it's a muscle strain of some kind. He's been out for so long. So I think it's definitely what we do. And the funny thing, we changed we changed our trainer. Right? Manos is gone, right? Mm. And it hasn't seemed to help. Maybe we should change. <laughs> What's that? And Scott Guy is he the conditioning guy? Get rid of him again. Exactly. It looks good. I mean, I've seen some of the stuff that he does, but I just really feel that um, it's got to be more what we do as opposed to just, you know, bad luck. Well, they've redone the, the, the surface at the training ground a few times. And, uh, you know, I always exactly. used to think that maybe it's the surface at the training ground. Maybe it's a little soft and what have you. Or maybe it's actually the seller's park pitch. But we've redone that as well. You know, exactly. you know, players do get injured. It's not like um, it's not like it only happens to us. You know, obviously, right. Sunderland lost a player in the game to a hamstring injury. Yeah. Um, and, I, you know, I wonder if it's a, perhaps we only focus in on Palace. You know, we really do as, as Palace fans. I wonder if we looked a little bit further afield. It might be... You know, it just might be the rigors of the modern game. It might be the the boots. It might be, you know, all of these different factors that, that people don't take into account. I certainly don't want to be critical of the club about the fact we're getting injuries at, at this stage. But, you know, I appreciate what you're saying, Patrick. It, it certainly feels that way, and it could well be something in that. Um, yeah. A few more uh, bits of contact. I have to read out Colin Squires because he agreed with me. Chris, spot on again regarding you can only have 25 players. Absolutely right, Colin. Can't agree with you more, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> I've got a late four-word review in from Jack Bisland, which is Moyes is a, let's call it a, a whiner. That's not the word he used. Um, uh, CPFC Art, A-R-A-R-T, uh, got in touch saying we've got just about enough cover for two or three injuries anymore and we'll struggle with defence being the big worry. And it's saying, you know, it was, it was a, a thin selection yesterday. Uh, plenty more contact in as well. Thank you for all of that. Can't get to it all today because you're just being so enthusiastic, which Ooh. I love. Oh, no, sorry. Ooh. Coach Matt just said in the chat room, wholeradio.net forward slash chat, whenever you see the training videos, they're never wearing shin pads. I haven't noticed that. I, well, I've not noticed that either. Uh, I don't watch them, though. That's probably why. <laughs> well, yeah, that isn't probably mainly why. So, wait, do shin pads prevent muscle injuries? Is that what Well, I did think that, but it doesn't <laughs> okay. help with injuries. I got you. Interesting. You do get some shin pads that have got some all-round support, but let's not spend ages talking about shin pads. Yeah. Eh? Let's let's talk about. Uh, I want to do a quick discussion on uh, the goals goals conceded versus goals scored scored, uh, as in with particular reference to yesterday. Uh, the goals we conceded were poor, were very very poor. Um, obviously, we've got to refer to the fact that the first is an aberration. Um, there was some weird criticism of, of um, Mondunda. Who, who, right. I've got been told I have to pronounce it like that now. Um, some about about the pass he played. So I, I went back and I've watched it about fifteen times now, and I can't see it. Him. I can't see it. I cannot see it. He's played the ball to Ledley. The, the only the, what I would say is Ledley. He takes the, the first touch is wrong because he can if he opens out the body and lets because that's what uh, you know Mondanda's playing out to him right. He's playing out so. It goes between two players, so Ledley can turn, um, face up the pitch, let it run across him and run up the field because there's no pressure on him there. But for whatever reason, Ledley just it doesn't it doesn't look that way. He sort of looks around him, but doesn't look behind him, if you like. And that's that's the killer because he he, he doesn't have the confidence to turn and go. He t- comes back inside, and all of a sudden he's got two players on him, and it's just a panic. It's just a swipe. Um, you know, it's it's a, it was a bizarre, bizarre goal. But you cannot give Defoe that kind of chance. He's, he's incredibly frustrating. Uh, Nick. Yeah, I mean that's that's schoolboy stuff, isn't it? I'm always telling my son's team don't don't pass the ball across the box. Almost, and it it was a kind of it was a missed kick. It happens, and he atoned for it later on. But you, you can't be playing a ball like that anyway, it's, especially when you're playing Defoe, because Defoe always scores against us. He does, yeah. But, you know, age hasn't really seemed to have affected him. He just plays around the box and just, you know, it's, I, you know, when we were linked with him um, recently, it, it, obviously it all came flooding back, though I'd have to admit that Gerald was right, and I don't like that at all. But, <laughs> you know... I just thought he would be amazing, amazing alongside Benteke. Now, I'm happy with what we got. I think, you know, it's unfortunate Remy got injured, but, you know, that's that's just how it goes. But, you know, he he is an example of, he's kind of, if you imagine, he, he's their Benteke, if you like, completely different players, but, you know, he changes them. He, you know, someone, I, I've got to try and think of the words, of, um, or a different word to use, because I saw a tweet from a Sunderland fan saying, it's so nice of Jermaine Defoe to give up 90 minutes of his time every Saturday to play with 10, let's call them idiots, instead of the word he used. Um, <laughs> it was, you know what I mean? It's, it does it does feel a little bit like that. Dio, you know, what, what do you think of Defoe as a player? Just, just for a moment, we'll have a little bit of a look at an opposition player. 
Yeah, if you look at Defoe, if you look at his age, I think he's still a brilliant player of what he's doing. He's still got the pace, he still can finish, he still pushes on and gives his best. I think it would have been good if we got Defoe because um, during that game, I think Benteke was kind of isolated in the first half until Wickham actually came on. So if we had a player like Defoe next to Benteke, I think it would have worked out brilliantly. But yeah, he's a great player. Yeah, and we yeah we gave him too much. He was offside for the first shot of the second goal, but more importantly, as Kev was saying to us earlier on, once the ball came back in and went wide, the defence just got all got drawn to the ball. It was appalling defending. I'm sure you've seen it, Patrick. Um, just they just sort of homed in on the ball and left two Sunderland players completely free in the box. Yeah, I'm not sure what we're doing. And then I think one of them, I think it was maybe MacArthur or Delaney, went to the line to try and knock off the line. That's, that's really, sh- uh, it was it was shabby. I mean, and the funny thing, that first shot from Defoe that Mondanda saved was a really good save. Mm. I mean, he, he he parried it like about 15 yards out. You know, we should have cleared it from there. But you're right, it was, it's shabby. And again, I think it goes back to what I was saying before, the Tompkins and Delaney. There's really no one back there to organise the, you know, the defenders. And that's what Dan does so well. So I'll, 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 Give it to that, but we've got to we've got to get less sloppy in the back, because that's going to cost us, you know, against a bigger team later on. Definitely, definitely. Nick, um, did, would you still say though it was pretty harsh of us to be two 0 down because we were the better side, weren't we? Oh, by by far we were the better team. By far we were the better team, and um, I wasn't that worried when we were two 0 down. To be perfectly honest, especially equalising so quickly afterwards. So. Bearing in mind that that equaliser obviously was a huge, huge plus point because it just reset the balance straight away and you could see the nerves creep creep into the Sunderland players immediately. And you kind of, you just had that feeling. It's like the feeling you had at Chris Ball, you know, when we just knew, we just knew that as soon as Damo's long range effort took that little clip off uh, Johnson and went in, we just knew that that we were just going to score more goals. And it was a little bit like that against Sunderland. And I, you know, I had a little bit of the fear creep in um, you know, as, a, as sort of 10, 15 minutes sort of ticked away. But, you know, it, it it's almost the reason I sort of want to compare the goals we're scoring against the goals we're, defend, we're, we're conceding. Do you think, um, and this is all of you, <laughs> do you think that this new style, this new way we're playing, we're actually leaving ourselves open to conceding, shall we say, poorer goals, um, you know, through through leaving ourselves exposed through, through this new passing move? But we are... But the trade-off is we're much more dangerous going forward. Is that a fair I, comment? I could argue that we're we're leaking these because we haven't got the jet in there at the moment and we're adjusting to not having that, that strong player in front of the defence. Hmm. Bl- bless you, Nick. <laughs> what do you think, uh, Chris, actually, now I've got some comments about how we're playing now. Um, the first thing is we, we're pressing a lot higher at the pitch. If you notice how we play now, uh, punching will assist Benteke or MacArthur or Caballé if they will, will assist in pressing. And what ha- what's happening is we're turning the ball over a lot quicker. There's a guy on Twitter, his name is Colin Trainer at Colin Trainer, And he has a metric he produced that says that we're the fourth fourth best team in the league at um, pr- uh, turning the ball over. So, you know, you, everybody knows that you know, Tottenham's one of the best teams and obviously uh, Liverpool do it. But that's actually something that I've noticed that's really helping us a lot. You know, you mentioned the passing. The passing's definitely helping us, you know, become a better team. And I was just creating more chances. And what I, what I noticed yesterday is that, we, you know, the crosses are so much better, the quality. But, like, for instance, you mentioned that MacArthur's goal. That was because MacArthur sold out and went, got into the box. I mean, we, it was a turnover and we already had men in the box. But the fact is, the ball went over Bentegui's head. Normally, that's going to be cleared. But the fact that MacArthur got into the box is really showing us we're playing more aggressive. I think the 
mistakes are what's helping us, not really the way we're playing. I think the way we're playing is really great, but I think that the we just got to get better defending as a unit, meaning the left back, the right back, whoever they're going to be, and obviously the centre half have to be better. I don't think it's really because of us playing differently and opening us up in the back. That's just me. No, it's, it's a fair point. And, and Pardew himself said in the well, he said it in a couple of interviews. Now he said, you know, there there will be there will be times and there will be games where it costs us this way we're going to play. But we've got to get right. through that. We've got got to develop that. Do you do you accept that as a Palace fan that we're going to make these mistakes in in changing the way we play? Yeah, because the way we we're playing right now is I think I find it brilliant because it helps players like Punch get into the game as well. Uh, because when it comes to counter-attacking and when there's players running down the wing and so, and me and Patrick was arguing about this, uh, he can't use his right foot, but now he has time and there's players all around him giving him the option. So he just suits people like Punch brilliantly. And the defensive thing about uh, the defensive issue that we're having is, yeah, it could happen, but I think it'll get sorted out as we get used to it. It's still early days, and it's still the transition that Paul just says that we're in. We're still in it. Patrick? Yeah, um, I noticed we had two excellent counterattacks yesterday, so DR, pay attention, okay? On the first <laughs> one, on the first one, it was at uh, one nil we were down. Um, MacArthur played with a punch, and punch in the goodbye, goodbye by the punch, and he shoots the ball, DR, with his right foot, and almost scores. It was a great save by the keeper. At, yeah. at, at at 2-2, we could have won the match. Uh, we get the ball, send the midfield. Punch made a great no-look pass to Townsend, uh, who cuts it on his left foot and shoots the ball wide. So we are playing a little bit more. We are playing counter, but when we counter, we counter much faster. And it seems to be it comes, a lot of it comes through punching with his one left foot. Uh, yeah. It's, yeah, it's interesting. You, you mentioned punching. Um, Joe's popped back, and um, I think he wants to great. give a, a, a quick opinion on, on, on punching. How good is punching? Couldn't agree more, Joe. He is yeah. he is excellent. Um, yeah, anyway, he you, is. you better you better head off now, mate. <laughs> Cheers for your, your contribution. There. <laughs> uh, we'll talk, I want to talk goodbye in just a moment, but um, guys, you you Dr. I'm going to let you make your case to Patrick about about what. <laughs> is your, I'll, I'll start by saying my criticism of Punch and where that's come from before, and I, and I call it criticism in the in the sort of the lightest possible way because. Jason Punchin is a superb player and a huge, huge asset for Palace. You know, colours nailed to the mast as much as possible, right? Um, but I have been critical of him when he's played out wide. And as I was talking about to to Kev in the, uh, in the call we had earlier on, you know, it doesn't really matter so much when we're, when we're not a purely counter-attacking team, right? Uh, because it doesn't matter. He, d- he can slow the game down as much as he likes. But for me, when he was playing out wide, that's what he did. You know, we'd go up one wing with with Belassi or Wilf. You know, um, but generally speaking, it was Belassi when I when I was sort of having these opinions. And it would be we'd steam up that wing, ball would come screaming in, and all that kind of stuff. We'd go up the other wing, and the, we'd it'd just die. The counter attack would die. The, the the opposition would get all their players back, and we'd be shut out. And that's and it would stop us doing what we did best. And that's where I was a bit critical. And your view, I believe, is that that was all to do with him being, should we say, slightly one-footed. So if you'd like to present that view to Patrick, and Patrick will uh, have a chat with you about it. <laughs> all right. Basically, this is what I'm saying. Punchin is a great player. You can see what he's doing this season. But last season, the problem that, that we had was we were a counter-attacking team. And when they were, and even yesterday, when Punchin was on the right-hand side, he, he mostly always tried to cut in. The reason for that was because he can't cross with his right-hand side. And it might not only be that, it's because how we're playing. That's what I'm saying. 
right now, the way we're playing, I think punching is going to suit. Uh, punch is going to play well. It's going to continue playing well. But if we play counter-attacking football and uh, the way that we run down the wings and if there's like a, let's say, a, uh, Zard running down the right and punching has passed to the right and he has to use his right foot, I think he slows the games down. But right now, he's fine as we're playing. That's what I want to say. And I will <laughs> say that, and I will say that, again, we had two counter-attacks yesterday, both led, and one of them was finished by punching. So you thought about him slowing the game down. As Chris said, the reason why he slows the game down, DR, is because we changed our style of play. We're not a pure counter-attack and saying, we'll take it if it's there. But if it's not there, punching will slow the game down and look for the passes. If you, if you look at the stats, we've, we're passing the ball a lot more than we ever have. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's a second yeah. straight match. We're on the, away from home. We've not only outpassed the opposition, we've actually had a higher percentage also, which makes sense. We've never done it in the past. We've always looked for the counter. So again, you're talking about him being left foot. I get that part. But again, left foot players are normally predominantly left footed, just the nature of who they are. Look at Messi. But again, to say he can't use right foot is, is not right because again, he had a shot yesterday, he almost scored his right foot. He's not as good as it as, as Townsend is also left footed. But again, the way we're playing right now, DR, and you are, you are correct, we are playing to his strengths and he's the one that makes us stronger. But again, the way that he plays by slowing to get down, again, it's to our advantage. That's my opinion anyway. I, I can see I can see exactly where you're coming from. But let's just say this. It's it's only one game. This was Sunderland. Let's see how he does oh the rest my of the season. God. No, no, no. No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> Listen, okay. it's only against it's only against Sunderland. You never know. Like maybe Punching will play horrible next week. But it's not I'm not saying I'm not gonna criticize Punching on how he plays. So I'm gonna Punching does play brilliantly. But at times Punching can slow down the game with his because of his right foot. And that's so, a fact. So um, I did I I did notice a tweet from a uh, a Sunderland fan saying it's just, it said something like about forty minutes into the game it's like punching hasn't touched the ball one, once from his right foot yeah someone yeah. please yeah. please tell Patrick Van Arnold um, Nick Nick you want to jump in there I've got a stat attack I don't know if we've got the lineup maybe we can add that to the pot to the pot he he created eight chances punching his passing was only seventy seven percent but. This is a stat. He he's tackles. He he got fifty percent rate of successful tackles, whereas the whole team was something like thirty four percent successful tackles. So he is actually breaking up play as well as helping the play go forward. He got booked yesterday for two, for two fouls. I was second in a row, second match in a row, first time ever probably. Yeah, yeah. Joe say he's only been booked twice in or three times in his entire career. I, I bet he well. listens. <laughs> Uh, we've got loads of content in that I'll get to uh, in, in just a moment. Um, but sort of fi final word on punching is 
I, I do. I know what what Dio's saying. He does not like to use his right foot. I think that is a fair comment. As much as I respect your views, Patrick, it's very, it's I, very fair. I think it's very fair. And but whether or not it has a negative effect, I guess that's, uh, where, that's where the debate is. Um, mm. So I do want to talk about Kabai in just a moment, just to wrap up a couple of things. Um, Bob CPFC was uh, agreeing with the comments earlier on, saying he loves the more attacking play. He couldn't keep defending Pulis style forever. We'd have been found out just for attacking on the break. And I think, to be honest with you, we did get found out. We got found out in a major way under Pardew, and that's that's where this all comes from. Um, that he he you know he didn't clearly didn't feel comfortable being responsible for a team that just kept playing that way, and he's ended up changing the personnel to try and achieve what he wants to achieve. So fair play to him for for that. Uh, we'll be talking about how everyone feels about Pardew just before we end as well. Um, also, Eagle Eagle six seven six four. Uh, our goals were an individual error and sloppy defending from the second. Our system isn't a factor in the goals conceded. I, I, I see the point. Maybe it isn't the system. Although I think I think the I think you can look at the first goal and say individual error. But that individual yeah. error happened because of the change in the, system, the, back, the fact right. we're playing it out from the back. That's yep. my view. I appreciate you might have a different view to that. Uh, but you could also make the same argument for the goals we scored <laughs> against against Sunderland. You could say. The first goal was an unlucky deflection. You could say the, the second goal was poor marking and it was an individual error. You could say that the third goal was certainly poor marking, not marking anyone, let alone not marking Benteke. They just all, <laughs> they all just kind of stood in a line. So you can really Zonal. point to poor. Yeah, well, exactly. exactly. Right. If anyone saw Rude Hullitz ranting about it was Zonal. good. Yeah, he's like, he hated Zonal. it. He's like, why would yeah. they, why would they, why would they zone mark and that, the best header in the league open? It made no <laughs> sense. But thank you anyway. We appreciate it. Yeah, you've got some praise uh, from Twitter, Patrick, but I'm not going to read that Ooh, out. Come on! I never get out and get... Come on, please! <laughs> All right, Mark, Mark G, Grabino, he said, uh, you're talking a lot of sense on whole radio. Hashtag one of our own. There you go, Cheers, mate. Mark. Love you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you tease and I'll always read your praise out, mate. You What's deserve Nav it. said about me? He's always negative that Nav fella. Oh, Nav, Nav just loves winding you up about how much of a jinx you are, doesn't he? <laughs> exactly, he does. Um, okay, let's let's get into some kibaya. Uh, well, actually, I think Nick wants to talk. He's misspelled the word me in our chat, but I think he wants yes. to talk. There we go. Yeah. Yeah, you just have a nice word with your brother at Grant Gillard. He's he's trying to start a conversation with me in the chat room. Whole radio don't let's <laughs> chat, and he says, "How are you doing? I'm I'm a bit busy at the moment doing a show." He's <laughs> 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 join the join the show chat room. Yeah, but hello, bro. Good to see you. He was up there with the Homestead Cravatics yesterday. Made a, a long old journey up there. Long old journey. Yeah, I, so salute, salute all the fans that went up. But it's such, it's such a fitting reward that that last minute goal for guys. You made the trip up there. It really is. I, I've, you know, I've been in a many an away crowd of, of, of for a long, long journey. I'd love to have gone yesterday. I did the Borough trip, obviously, but I couldn't do Sunderland because I'd uh, I had social plans for once, and. Um, Although I did obviously watch the game and insist that my friend <laughs> had the game on TV and his dodgy hookup at his house. So, uh, but when, when you know, being in a crowd when you score a last minute goal after a huge long away trip is so rewarding and you feel really, really quite superior about it as well. You kind of like, <laughs> all the, you do, you're just like, oh, you people who didn't bother getting out of your chairs, you didn't get to experience that. They'll still be buzzing from that, every single one of them. You know, they'll be, they won't be able to sleep still tonight. And of course, the Sunderland fans that left at two all, and by the time they got home, they found out they'd lost. It's <laughs> always funny. It's always funny. Uh, <laughs> so, oh, excuse me. Let's um, let's chat goodbye. So, uh, I'm going to start by sort of throwing throwing it over to you. I'm going to start with you actually, Patrick, because you, you mentioned goodbye earlier. 
and a lot of lot of chat yesterday between all of us about how you know Kabai can't play with punching. So, I mean, do you want to expand on that a little bit on how you how you felt Kabai did in the game and, and what have you? Well, I thought he did okay yesterday. Um, I just find that um, we seem to defer to Kabai when he's in, on there, and I think that like you, like we said before, I think punching expresses himself better and freer. When Kabai is there. Now, this is my question. This is my thought, though. I don't think when we bought Kabai, at least I don't think, we didn't buy Kabai um, to break up play and make interceptions. I know that's what he does really well, but I thought we bought him to create goals and score goals. And that seemed to have kind of disappeared in the last, I don't know, four or five months that he's played for us. I mean, he missed, he started missed penalty kicks. He doesn't really, three kicks have not, have not been that good to the point where yesterday I know he stepped away from one that Town then took instead of him, which is very rare that he gets up on a free kick. So, I, again, I thought he was okay yesterday, but again, just the way that he plays, I just think he... I'm not down on him necessarily. I just think that the way that he plays and how we're trying to play, he's not doing what I think he can do. I know he's not a number 10. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that I thought he could add more than just, again, interceptions and breaking up the play. And I think just now he seems like he's kind of bogging down as far as really getting up to that next level. All right. That's a, that's a fair comment. I'll save my uh, my reply. I'm going to get DR's view um, as well on, on Kabai. Well, part you know mostly about how he played yesterday, but also sort of a general comment on how you feel he's fitting into the team and whether he can play with punch. Um, I don't think he can play with punch uh, because, as as Patrick said, he, I don't think he can play uh, that centre attacking midfield role. His expertise is tackling because whenever he's played CDM, I think he's he's done really good. But now, as again, squad depth. It's not um, that great. He, we have to play him there. And he just couldn't do it there yesterday. He was, he was getting annoyed. He got a yellow card. And when Kabai actually came off, I think we changed as a team. I think we started playing. We started playing better, passing better. I just think Kabai is a little bit out of form right now. And I think when he does come back in form, he has to play in that CDM role, centre defensive mid. And using your FIFA tactics, Nick. Yeah, but um, <laughs> in, in the chat room, um, how radio don't net forward slash chat. Why is he still taking free kicks? Goodbye. His pass rate was on average for the uh, on a par with the rest of the team. Really, he just is he is he out of form? Is he fed up? Is he he's getting clattered a lot? It, it's hard to tell, isn't it? But he, you do think that he's one of Pardew's faves, and and almost think that his first name on a team sheet if he's fit. Can I say first of all, thank you, Nick. Because you've pointed out one of the the that biggest yeah. things that for me is, is just how quickly he gets targeted by opposition. Um, he gets absolutely clattered, and he got clattered yesterday. Um, I can't nice. remember the guy who did it, the guy with the ridiculous hair. Um, just, 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 and no reason at all. Just, just stamped on his feet. Got no real punishment for it. Uh, and it happens every time he plays. And you know he does play close to the line himself. In fact, when he got the yellow card, it was following the best bit bit of play from him in the game. Because what he, he took, it was, there was a long ball up to Benteke. Benteke heads it across to. Uh, I did the I did the action of the header, just so you know. He heads it across to. Uh, <laughs> it's radio. I don't know why I did that. Heads it, <laughs> heads it, heads it across to Kabai, who just kills him. Um, <laughs> kills him. Go on. I, I swear I keep doing it. I run the line for my son's team and I keep kicking the ball and headering the ball while I'm lying. Fell <laughs> <laughs> <And> over. <laughs> so anyway, he kills it with one touch and then just sort of plays a you know plays it off perfectly the only place it should have gone and continues a run gets the ball back and it's only a very good block that stops him getting a shot on target 
you know, that was, and he could see, you could see he was just frustrated because he thought, oh, what a great move. Plays part, you know, it was a brilliant team move. It would have been a superb goal. And he just, he just gets late to, to, to picking up the ball and he just kicks out in frustration. You can even see when the ref's booking him, he's just sort of like puts his hands on the ref and he's like, I'm sorry, mate. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I had that come in. So it's, I really do, really do think that um, he got, and not by anyone on, on this panel, but he got made a bit of a scapegoat on on Twitter. A lot of people were laying into him while we were losing because obviously everyone sort of trying to let their frustration out. So oh, it's goodbye again. We never win with Kabai in the team, and obviously he <laughs> went off the he went off the pitch, and it's and when we win the game, and people were still oh. coming to that. But I'm like, actually, <laughs> genuinely, I've watched a lot of it back again, and way too much, in fact, uh, ahead of this show, um, and. He was good. He was actually, I wouldn't even say he was, did okay. I would say he was good. And what I really, really liked is he did link with Punchin and the two started to have an understanding. And what I really want to point out, and I know I'm probably on my own with this, is I think he's had a bit of a rough deal. And I, and I say that he is picked every week, but he tends to be playing with injuries because Parge just picks him every time. Um, and I think really he had to be, maybe, I, I know perhaps I blame the manager for that and say, look, even if he wants to play every game, which he will, just get let him rest, get him fit, you know. Um, okay, yeah, he had the start of the season off because of, of of the Euros and all that kind of stuff where he barely played. But generally speaking, in a Palace shirt, he's, you know, you look at the Southampton game. He came into a team that had Jordan Much in it. What chances he got? Sorry, sorry, <laughs> you know, sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry, oh, sorry, 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 But what I what I genuinely mean, I, I've undermined my own point with my with my little bit of humour, <laughs> is that I've. He's gone into a, uh, effectively a half a reserve team, and that's they haven't really played together. So for me, I would love to see see him in a team that has Christian Benteke in it, that has Wilf on one wing and Townsend on the other, has Punch ahead of him and MacArthur alongside him. I want to see that team because oh, when we had a full team, a f- you know full strength team, when he first joined us, we were putting teams away. We were good. We were really good. You know, we, we were hit that point where we were all talking about Europe. We were talking about how far we could go. And that was with a weaker squad than we've got now in terms of quality. I want to see him in that best squad. Uh, Nick first, then DR. Yeah, some chat room stuff. Uh, called Eagle89, as Terminator said, that Punch McCarthy and Ledley, with the error accepted, were immense. Kabai was average at best. We were more incisive eventually after we went off. Briscoe Eagle is Kabai punching as big a misfit as Gerard and the Chelsea player whose name he can't remember, Lampard. Um, uh, Coach Matt said that other players are playing, the opposition players are playing on the fact that Kabai doesn't like getting smashed up and then follows it up by saying that the French league football perhaps isn't as physical as Premier League and he's, he's still struggling to get into it. Good. But he played Newcastle, didn't he? For like a few years? Yeah, yeah. No, look, they were saying, yeah. I, I actually, I just think he's targeted. I think it's easy for them to target him. Because he's always wants the ball, he's always on the ball, he's always a, a you know always there for a, for a challenge. But uh, Dio, you wanted to jump in on this? Uh, yeah, but, um, I didn't get uh, going back to the point about uh, Pardew jumping by, uh, even playing him when he's injured. I don't think he's actually Pardew. I think there's something wrong with the medical team because, um, as you notice, we took we took the pitch from Sirs Park and we placed in our training ground. And looking back at the videos, the training ground doesn't look that bad at all. I think our medical team are under pressure by Pardew. And I don't really blame Pardew because the medical team, I don't think they're doing their job correctly. I think they're pushing the players way quicker. Yeah, I think they're actually pushing the players because Scott Dan, 
they're probably going to push him way too hard because they know if they don't push him, if they don't get back in time, Parge is going to blame them. And if this if this um, doctor was that good, then why did Liverpool let him go? That's the thing. I don't think he's actually <sighs> that good at people. Wow. So wow. what? You are you are like you're you're like Jill Junior. He really is. He really is. What I will say is, I think you've made a, a really good point in there about, and I think it's more about the general pressure of trying to get players back from injury. Um, yeah, I agree with that. Like, that is actually a really good point, and we've seen it a number of times with a number of players who. You think, oh, they've recovered quick from that that injury, and then they get injured again. You're like, all oh, right, they haven't recovered. Um, but the, you're you're right. There must be huge pressure on the medical team, not just for and, I, and the, that pressure goes on the manager as well because he wants to pick his best team because his job depends on it. You know. Yep. Um, so no, I think that's a, that's a really good point you've raised there, and leads us sort of nicely into into the chat about the manager. Um, I've got some more praise I can read out for you, Patrick. Um, yeah, please do. Yeah. I read it, so you read it out loud. All right, Thank you. so. Brent Morgan has got in touch saying he agrees with you, he's with you or whatever. I just want to say, we've come a long way, me and Brent. I blocked Brent when I first had him on Twitter. We're good, we're good friends now. I like Brent a lot. He's a good fella. Do Thank you, so Brent. You, so you're apologising to Brent for blocking um, you. I'm very sorry about blo- I ever thought about blocking you. Sorry, Brent. That's, that's good. That's nice. That's nice. Uh, Homestyle USA says, who is this Patrick guy? That's my favourite one so far. Yeah, he's, um, I know him. He, he's a funny guy. I like him. Better watch himself, <laughs> did, uh, did Patrick make Brent cross? Well done, Nicholas. So just a quick, quick note to the production team to edit that one out of the podcast later on, please. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so uh, last sort of talking point from me, really. Let's talk about the manager. Three wins on the bounce. Um, I've called it the Pardew way. Uh, <laughs> although I wrote that when I was drunk. Um, the... It, it does it does happen to you know all through his career we've talked about it before on the show he, he has these he has great runs and then bad runs and you know I can't remember who says it I think it might have been it's either, I think it might have been Terence who said that he thinks it's normal that the Pardew thinks this is a normal way of <laughs> it was Terence operating yeah. he says that you know he, you look at the evidence and he, he always says well as a manager you know you, sometimes you go on runs where you win two games in a year <laughs> you, know, <laughs> exactly. you know and it's and that's always been a bit of a criticism and a worry and we're, we're on another good run three wins on the bounce is not easy to do in the premier league for any team let alone for for a team like us that's been struggling in 2016 so it really does feel like we've turned a corner um i i, I it's the bottom two teams it's it's let's not get ahead of ourselves agreed Agreed. So you're you're in the not get ahead of ourselves, Ken. But has your opinion of Pardew changed? Because Nick, were you were you starting to worry about his position, or are you still behind him? Are you one of those? I was I was worried until the transfer window, and I thought we've got to give him a bit of time because of the quality he's brought in. And do you think that these these three wins have kind of vindicated that, or boy, would you as you're saying, is it is it too early to make that judgment? The jury's still out. Um, we'll we'll see when when we start playing better teams. Better. Okay, good stuff. Uh, Dr, you were in agreement with Nick there. Anything to add in terms of of, of how you feel about Pardew as our manager? Um, l- last year, their FA Cup, last season, their FA Cup saved him, and this season he just had to start um, great. And you know, three wins in a row straight away as a it just boosts everyone's morale up, and no one thinks about how Pardew's done last season. So, if he continues this, it'll be good. But as Nick said, it was against. Uh, 
it's all team that's in the bottom and teams that are not doing that good. So we have to wait and see. The next three games is big. Everton, that's going to be a big test. West Ham, that's going to be a big test. And Leicester, let's see how we do then. Then we can judge him. Fair play. And uh, Patrick, you, you are someone who's um, kind of lost your patience with Pardew for a number of reasons. How are you feeling at the moment? It hasn't really changed. I won't be a phony and say that I like him all of a sudden. This is typical uh, Alan Pardew. This is going to happen. I even That was my forward review last week. It said it, you know, uh, you know, Pardew's back again, whatever it was. But this is what I'll say. Yesterday, I'll give him tons of credit for the subs. I don't know if he did it on purpose, but they both were brilliantly impactful in uh, Friars and Chung Young Lee. Um, I will say also, I'm, I'm liking the way we're playing now. And I mentioned before, I like this new pressing. I like the way we're passing the ball more. It seems to be working now. But I'm not going to say I'm a big fan of his. Again, my, my dislike of him goes a little bit more beyond football. And mm-hmm. And, but but again, um, I'm a Palace fan, so I want the team to do well. I'm not going to want the team to do poorly and have him get sacked. But I am not a huge fan. But I'm not going to be a Ford and say he's you know he's, he's doing a good job now. And I knew it was going to come around. Didn't know it was going to come around so quickly. But Dion makes a great point. The next three matches are much bigger than the ones they had before. So if he can beat, if he can get six points out of the next three, I'd be very impressed. I don't like him anymore, but I still I'll still be impressed. Yeah, uh, yeah, cheers. Um, I, yeah, I, I, it's, it's good of you. You know, to, to make that point, it, I think he is. You know, it's noticeable that the the sort of the clamour for a for a change is gone because it got Definitely. quite loud. It got a lot yeah. lou- louder than I thought it would. It kind of it built this huge momentum really, really yeah. quickly. Yeah, it was almost from like from a standing start. All of a sudden, everyone went, "Hold on a second, we've only won two games in 2016. <laughs> this is ridiculous." Exactly. Yeah. So it almost hit everyone at the same time, but. Um, no, it's, it's really good to have taken that pressure off. And more importantly, as you've all been saying, and a lot of the listeners have been saying, it's nice to be enjoying the football because it is better. And I've said this a few times, and I, and I, you know, I will repeat the point, that I've, for a long, long time, of watching Palace, I've wanted to see us, you know, sort of put our stamp on a game regularly. Go, you know, go out and be the one who dictates how the game is played. Because I've right. fed, I've been fed up for years. Almost every game, even if we go and win it four or five nil, I just look and I think, well, we've done that in four or five breakaways. <laughs> exactly. Most, most of exactly. it, I've had to watch the other team pass the ball around. <laughs> so I want us, I want us to dominate. I want us to be the, you know, to be the team that that, that, that impacts how the opposition have to play. And the closest I think we got to that was when when we had AJ at his peak, where the opposition <laughs> had to change purely because of him. They had to change everything about their team to try and stop him, and they still couldn't. And, and that's why we won so many games with AJ in the team, because he, he was just absolutely unstoppable the way he, he just knew he was going to score. And and that, you know, that was the closest we got. But we still we still didn't ever dominate possession. And I'm probably not old enough to remember a time where we have. I'm sure we have sometime in the past. But even the sort of the Coppola era, it was very direct. And we did. We did really turn over some teams. We just overpowered them. But, you know, we didn't necessarily out football them on, on a regular basis. That's my recollection of it. I'm happy to be uh, happy to be proven incorrect if that's the case. But there we go. That's that's been a huge positive for me for Pardew, and, and you know something that's um, that's made me stick with him and stick behind him, and I'm, and I'm glad that I have. Uh, just a couple of uh, round up a few more uh, comments that we've got in. Uh, in answer to you, Dr. and your criticism criticism of the medical team, uh, Grabino's got in touch saying, "Look what a great job the medical team did to get Ledley back for the Euros. Is he still he's still fit?" Which is a very ah, good, point. Um, good point. And also bear in mind that the uh, the physio we've got is actually the same physio for the Welsh national team as well now. Yeah. Um, 
That's so right, there yeah. you go. It's a bit of an answer there for you. So love something for you to think about. Don't have to respond now, but have a little think about that when you your criticism, eh? Sorry, that got away from me a bit. Um, Eagle six seven six four. Yes, Nick, jury's still out. Let's see how we do against stronger teams in Sunderland, etc. So a bit of agreement from you there, uh, for you there, in fact. And what else do we get? Got a couple of other things. Uh, Cape Town Kev confirming that a win, a last minute winner away, always makes the long journey home so much better. And again, Eagle six seven six four. Agreeing with Patrick, Kabai is not playing to the level he's capable of. Uh, if he did, he could play alongside anyone, so he needs to step up. And Surrey Eagle got in touch. Sorry, Surrey, Surrey, Sir Eagle? I don't know. Sir Eagle 2012. Kabai's a good game against top size, but he gets targeted in physical games against the bottom 10 clubs. Need to use him selectively. It's an interesting point. A bit of rotation might help him out a bit. Um, certainly in terms of, I think, building him up to, to getting him back to, to, to full form. That's not a bad shout at all. Uh, anything more in the chat room, Nick, or should we? Uh, should no, we can end I this just thing? add one more thing very quickly? Yeah. Uh, Andros Townsend wasn't impressed yesterday. He was trying to be glory hunter, score too many goals, and well, you can't score too many goals if you know what I mean. What? Yeah, I thought he was shooting when he could have passed a couple of times. Uh, and the stats—he's come off worst in all the stats for the whole team. Right. I, I, mm. Mm. Stars Dis- disagree. Or whatever. Disagree. Well, I, I'm, I'm glad you disagree, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna go one step further. I'm gonna tell you why, Nick. I don't care. This is overrunning. <laughs> I'm a renegade. It's my show. I'll do what I want. Do it. Um, <laughs> All right, I will concede that uh, in, from an attacking sense, he didn't reach the heights he reached against Stoke. You know, li- crosses, uh, crosses didn't come in quite so regularly. The shots were sort of a little bit more wayward. Defensively, he was excellent, absolutely excellent. His tracking yep. back, his closing yep. down was brilliant. And, and it's something that he was criticised before. Sorry, before he joined us for. Ah, it's too complicated <laughs> to say those words together. But, right, he was criticised for that before. He's been excellent at it ever since he joined Palace. It's something that Pardew's mentioned. It's something that he's mentioned. It's clearly uh, something he's been asked to, to focus on. And he did it excellently yesterday. There was a couple of times where he ran back and intercepted the ball on the edge of the penalty area where we could have been in some real yep. trouble. One interception he got, according to Squawker. Well, I disagree with Squawk. <laughs> and if they if they've got a problem with that, <laughs> no, I don't know what. what they're, they're a Twitter account. I don't know what I can do. But um, anyway, <laughs> I've, I think I've clearly got to a point where I'm overtired. Um, Colin Squires actually got in touch saying I should have been around 79, 80 when we played great football. It was around at 80, but I that was when I was born, so I uh, couldn't quite remember the football. <laughs> but I, uh, but no, I, that's exactly what I was mean. I'm sure there was uh, there was some, some time we played some great football. Um, cheers for that, Colin. That's um, yeah, it's a shame I missed out on that, but like I say, I'm really happy with where we're heading now, and let's hope we can keep that going as well. Um, go on then, Nick. A little bit of a man of the match vote before we get to four word reviews. MacArthur again. What a bloody brilliant player he is. Don't tell anybody about him because I want him to carry on playing for us forever. Yeah, no argument from me, MacArthur. Dio? MacArthur. Patrick? Yeah, MacArthur. But I'm going to I'm gonna squash the MacArthur worrying. You know how old he is, uh, Nick? Go on. He'll be 30 next year. No one's going to buy him at that age. We're fine. He's staying right here. That's half your age, isn't it, Patrick? <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 want him, I want him banned from the show. Well, that's, that's, that's ageism. <laughs> No, you! (laughs) (laughs) Okay, all right. It's got to bickering now, has it? Anyway, let's uh, let's hear how you felt the game went in your four-word reviews. Daryl Jock, what a way to safety. Dan Skipsey, greatest comeback since Chris Damble. Checking in Anne Hall, love 93rd minute winners. 
Charlie Black, free on the bounce. Lisa squished flat black cats. The great mummy white super subs light stadium. Go ball with a deadly McCarver Benteke win. <laughs> ben Nagel, big Ben, big win. David Ellis, CPFC, the comeback kids. Simon West, Friars, water cross. Sue Hurst Mark, never in any dare. Anthony Peacock, deserved last minute winner. Mark Ross, Pardew, uh, yes, uh, uh, right. Equally great Lucy White, talent in Talis in 7th heaven. Heads are Great to have options. Tim oh, Green. Sorry, sorry, Dio. That's what Bob Hoskins on the follow-up to everyone. <laughs> Tim Green. We deserved it. Boom! Mark Ross. Pardew uh, gets uh, tactics. Uh, right. Equally great Lucy White. Talents in Talis in 7th heaven. Heads are Great to have options. Tim Green. Sorry, sorry, Dio. That's from Bob Hoskins. I want to apologise to everyone. <laughs> Tim Green. We deserved it. Boom! Steve Fawkes. Bonkers win. Missed Will. Yuzi. Dance for me, parts. Cameron and the... Three more points today. Luke Constable. What an amazing comeback. Homesdale Radio, sponsored by FanDuel.co.uk. The next generation of fantasy football. <laughs> they, they sounded like Jen had been merged with Ian Holloway. <laughs> it sort of started off Cornish. Let's stick to Dougie Friedman, Chris. What do you mean, Chris? He wasn't doing me, mate. I don't know what I'm talking about. It's Bob Hoskins. <laughs> anyway, um... <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, uh, obviously our sponsors this year are Fangio, which we cannot thank them enough for. It's been uh, been great having them on board. Um, my performance in Fangio has not been so great, which we'll talk about in just a moment. But uh, so if you want to get involved in Fangio, it's basically a weekly uh, or daily, in fact, fantasy football league um, where you can enter various different competitions to win money. There are paid competitions and free competitions as well, of course. So if you want to check out the uh, details, go to holradio.net forward slash Fangio. You can join our mini league there if you sign up using the promo code Palace. That would help us to find you. And if you fail to win on your first contact contact contest, um, your value up to £10 will be refunded. Um, then each, each week, if you join the fan favourite contest, that's the name of the contest that's involved, uh, we'll be updating our league table with the person with the most points. Um, we'll win £5 if you beat our mystery fantasy football player whose name is Dan Fuel. Do you see do you see what we've done there? Do you... <laughs> Clever, isn't no. it? No. What, what, what have you done? Well. Dan Fuel. <laughs> Dan Fuel. <laughs> anyway, um, so I've been playing this a lot. Nick, I know you've been playing it a lot as well. Um, Dio, are, you, are you old enough to play it? I'm not sure. Sure, you're old. No, you're not, are you? Uh, uh, Patrick, you're not a gambler, are you? So you don't really get involved. Uh, nah, I'm not. Don't like gambling. But uh, but myself and Nick, have, and obviously that's a very good point to make. That if you are getting involved in this, you don't have to gamble. There is a free 
uh, free tournament every week as well. And if you are gambling, of course, when the fun stops, stop. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I should have stopped ages ago. <laughs> yeah, well, I, say, <laughs> I, I, I genuinely do enjoy it, but I have been infuriated the last couple of weeks. It's been really difficult because the sort of the, the level of which some players are performing is getting very unpredictable week to week. Um, you know, the, the, the big money players, um, you know, Sergio Aguero, for example, uh, De Bruyne, they are, you know, they are, they make it very restrictive on the kind of players that you can pick. Whereas, you know, some of the, the players that had been performing well have dropped off a bit. But others, you know, uh, Slimani got 43 points um, in the Optus stats um, last week, pick him this week, and he gets seven. So it's like, I was really delighted I managed to get him into my team. But, you know, I took my eye off the ball, didn't realise who Leicester were playing playing Man United and if I'd known that I probably wouldn't have picked him because you know it's that's the level you have to go to you have to look at all the fixtures you have to look at uh, what the likely lineups are keep abreast of injuries you know poor form for example I had Shea given in goal this week and um, I knew he'd been rubbish but I thought he was going to get plenty of action in the Stoke goal they dropped him and, um, and put Lee Grant in so no points for me there and it's it's cost me I've turned £10 into 58 and I've now managed to turn it into £1 <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there's, a, <laughs> there's a lesson there for us all. Yeah, I know I should have spent it. On, shut up, Dio. <laughs> um, but it is a proper challenge. And like I say, if you if you back yourself as someone who knows fantasy football and knows how to pick players, I, I would you know I would strongly advise you get involved because it is it's a lot of fun, a real challenge as well. Um, so yeah, like I say, if you need any help with it, do get in touch with us. Go to hlradio.net forward slash contact. Ask us any questions you like, and we'll do our best to advise you. Um, I haven't had a chance to quickly look down the league table, but if you go to our page, holradio.net forward slash fanjul, you'll see how everyone's got on once we get a chance to update the leagues after tomorrow's game. Uh, where I've, still, I've got two players. I'm really hoping that Watford do really, really well tomorrow and uh, and lift me from my current position of having having one pound. So, Boy. Anyway. I've got well, there it goes. <laughs> We're going well. I think uh, we'll have to check with Dan Fuel and see how he's getting on. I think he's doing all right. He's still got a fair bit of, fair bit of money. Although I haven't seen him win anything. You say there's one one of our guys, I say every week probably, but one of the people who signed up with our uh, with our promo code won 500 quid a couple of weeks back. And fair play, that is not an easy thing to do. Um, so, yeah, um, I'm hoping for more success for Palace fans throughout the course of this season. So, anyway, that's it. Uh, one last little mention for Fan TV is a TV show we've got involved with a fair bit. I think I was on it yesterday. I think Kevin was our guest earlier on. Has been it, been on it a fair bit. Um, I think we've had three different lineups so far. We're on it again Tuesday. We've got Lucy, who's representing Palace on their All Star Fan Fan TV show, uh, where the best guests. I'm sure that's a mistake of some sort. That is a joke. Lucy's amazing. I'm sorry about that. I didn't didn't mean it. It's just my own slight disappointment that I'm not an All Star guest. <sighs> But anyway, Lucy's on on Tuesday, and, um, so that's that's from seven pm. Shut up, Nick. And I'm. <laughs> that wasn't me. You are on a you are on a BT ad though. That's that's fame. Not ad. Come on, mate. Oh no, I see what you mean. You've done the Hoskins thing there. I've been on BT Sport anyway. And also, we're on Thursday. It'll be myself, Albert, and Terence will be on Thursday. I think we're going to do the late shift, which is starting around 9 p.m. because uh, we've got to finish work and get there and all that kind of stuff. So that's Fan TV. It's on Sky Channel 212. It's also on YouTube, Facebook, and various other things. So get involved in that. Follow them on Twitter. They're a lot of fun. Uh, it's all very lighthearted, good, good stuff, really. Um, sort of a little bit like a sort of a TV version of this, this sort of kind of thing. 
fan pundits. Some of them are good and some of them aren't good. But <laughs> some of the ones that aren't good are quite entertaining to watch. Um, yeah. So anyway, hope you join us for that as well. Cheers. Uh, obviously, those of you who are downloading the podcast, there will be some additional content, although not, not very much today because um, we're quite tired, as you can probably tell. Anyway, thank you very much for listening this week and do download the podcast. Ooh. See you next week. Bye. 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 Patrick, I'm getting very angry. Yeah, I'm trying to watch the end of the game, so be quiet. Please, you're killing me with your, with your, your, your text to me during the, during the show. Get me all wound up. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that. Okay. okay, are we ready for outro recording? Okay. Oh, no, hang on one sec. Let me just find... Okay. <laughs> that was really good, wasn't it, that show? Oh, I loved it. Especially that bit when Joel said about punching. Um, <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> so, uh, as, as promised, we've now got uh, Nick's son, Will's question. And uh, it's, it's an interesting one. Uh, it's not something that I've actually thought about. And I'm also springing it on to, to Patrick and to DR, who are left here as well. So, um, what I'll do is I'll, I'll ask it. And while I'm asking it, I'll use my multitasking brain to think of my answer. And that'll give them time to think of their answer. And if that doesn't quite work how I'm planning it, we've got the ability to edit this bit. So it will be seamless. So whatever happens, it's going to sound great. (laughs) What is the whole radio panel's most enjoyable defeat? Whoa. That is is a big question, isn't it? Now, I can think, I can think (laughs) of, it's difficult really, because I'm sure there's something that's going to occur to me while you guys are talking, but the one that sort of immediately sprang to mind in some, it's not, I wouldn't say necessarily an enjoyable defeat, but it was a defeat that I just couldn't take seriously. Um, and it was against Ipswich and we were lost. We lost four one. I can vividly remember, uh, Steve Bruce's son, Alex Bruce, giving us this four one gesture behind his back in the homestead. And we absolutely played them off the park. We were so much the better team. The, the entire stadium applauded the, us off the pitch after we'd won 4-1. It was that ridiculous. <clears throat> Excuse me. I still have no idea to this day how we lost that game. So in a way, I'd say I, never, I do not take defeats well. Anyone who's listened to the shows where we've lost, particularly of late, will know I do not take defeats too well. And, you know, that was probably the only time that Palace have lost that I've walked out and just not cared. It was just so ridiculous that, that it kind of felt, it was funny. I, I left finding that game funny. Obviously, it didn't matter at the time. Otherwise, I probably would have, you know, there was something riding on it. I might have been a bit more annoyed. But there you go. That's the that's really the best that I can do. Patrick. I don't take losses very well either, Chris. But I would definitely say, this is just a quick question, that would be last year's loss uh, away to Southampton last game of the year. It didn't mean anything to me. You know, we were going to the cup final. I was flying over for the game, blah, blah, blah. So... I didn't really care about that last game, so I think it was definitely be last year's uh, loss to Southampton end of the season. Uh, we can't say, DR, you got anything. Uh, I was going <laughs> to... Sure. Yeah, I was going to pick up Southampton. Yeah. Um, you can but, take the Fifth Amendment, if you like. Let's say this. 
It's not. I I hate defeats. When when we lose, I'm just furious. I just don't care about football. I'm like, what's football? We the referee was that. Referee was this. But the most enjoyable defeat in the way that the fans were all together had to be probably the FA Cup final. In a way, I don't know how to explain this. But oh, oh god, That's uh, the, 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 I know I I know exactly what you mean. The, yeah, straight away. But it was it was just. The, the day, the build-up to it, it was just great. The way that everyone was going on about it, we're going back to Wembley again, FA Cup final against United, and when we scored, it just went crazy. You know, at the end of the day, even if we lost, um, our the team, you know, gave all their best, and the fans gave all the best, and it was just a fabulous day out as a one big family. Um, yeah, I think that's probably one of the most yeah. enjoyable ways. You know what? You, you are right. You are absolutely correct, but I can't face it myself, you know? <laughs> it just hurt too much. It hurt yeah. too much. But everything you say is correct. It was, it's, you know, it's my first, it potentially could be my only FA Cup final, you know? And I was <laughs> I was slightly too young for for the 1991. That was really at the beginning of my uh, Palace supporting time. So, I, you know, that, it was something that, you know, I'm sure it'd be something that, that a lot of us might not get to do again. Go go to see Palace at Wembley in an FA Cup final. It doesn't exactly. happen often. Mm. So, like you say, to spend the day with your mates and all that kind of stuff. But the bottom line is, I ended that day storming off from my mates, kicking stuff, and <laughs> acting like a child for about six weeks afterwards. So, <laughs> I, can't, I cannot, can't really justify it like that. It, I tell you, I, I'm going to flip this round just for a little bit of extra content before we go. The worst defeat ever is still Brighton when we lost 3-0. And I say it in, the, in this because ultimately it didn't matter. <laughs> and, and in a way, looking back on it, it emphasised just how good it was when we beat them in the playoffs. Do you, do you see what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. I look back at that day and I fell out with people I shouldn't have fallen out and with. <laughs> I, I, was, I was horrific <laughs> to everyone. And it really, it really, really hurt. But it just intensified the joy later on. So in a way, I can answer Will's question by saying that was the most painful, but ultimately ended up being the best defeat that I've ever experienced as a Palace fan. See, Chris, on that note, then a 9-0 is my favourite defeat then in 1990 oh, to Liverpool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, said this before, I, didn't, I didn't know about that when I chose Palace. Oh, yeah, OK. Because I've told this story before, but my, right. my the time Palace sort of clicked with me was the 4-3 semi-final. Because I, I, I just I was just a football fan, I had no idea we'd lost nine 0 with Liverpool before that. If I'd known that, I'd have made a different decision. Yeah, and there we go. Anyway, brilliant. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Patrick and Dr for staying around uh, for this additional content. Thank you very much to Will for once again a, a very very interesting question, which I hope you enjoyed our answers. Uh, if listeners want to get involved in that, don't forget you can contact us when the show isn't on. You can go to holradio.net forward slash contact contact us at any time um, and also finally I better mention the fact that there will be a preview show in midweek as well uh, those of you who are subscribed to the podcast will be getting that every week and as I'm sure you're aware it's absolutely brilliant uh, Terence does a fantastic job with that puts far more work into things than I do uh, and it does show <laughs> so uh, <laughs> do, uh, do get downloading that and um, it's, a, it's a really nice way to set up for the for the game and then uh, leading to the to the main show as well so uh, i've called it the main show there as a bit of uh, posturing did you notice it's just a little bit of a yeah you're still your second your second terence second choice mate i do the main show <laughs> actually that Rivals. sounded terrible that was a joke it sounded terrible can we edit that out tom
Leave it in, Tom. <laughs> Cheers, all. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Let's talk about the next generation of fantasy football at FanDuel. You select a team of Premier League players for a single day's fixtures. That means you're not locked in for the whole season. You can play, watch and win in one day. When your players nail it on the pitch, you rack up points and jump up the real money leaderboard. FanDuel's scoring system uses Optus stats to reflect every player's true on-field contribution. So, outscore your opponents and win cash for your football expertise. Every Premier Premier League match day with FanDuel. And just for Homestale radio listeners, we've got an extra special offer right now. When you sign up, use the promo code PALACE. That means if you don't make money in your first contest, FanDuel will refund your entry fee up to £10. So go to fanduel.co.uk and use the promo code PALACE to grab the offer now. What are you waiting for? Terms apply. Over 18s only. Please play responsibly. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24 7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.